Testing one, two, testing one, two, three, and I say, party people, your dreams have now been fulfilled. Welcome to Gold Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Cole Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guy, Cole Johnson. And on this episode in the sports landscape that we all know and love, we're going to, of course, talk about week five of the college football landscape. Week four of the NFL landscape has begun. We'll probably touch a little bit more on it as well. I'm going to go in on a subject. I'm going to have a dose of the week. I'm going to put a worthy guy upon further review. This might anger a VIP of mine, but I think he'll understand the way I'm going to talk about it. And other stories that will come up. I'm glad you joined me. And right now, headlines, please. Dayline College Football. So with two other ranked games on tap, Duke at Virginia Tech and Stanford going up to South Bend to play the Irish, the whiteout game is the feature contest. The Buckeyes from Ohio State travel to Happy Valley and State College, Pennsylvania, where they will play the Penn State Nittany Lions. The white is on. Dateline Tour Championship. We saw something we haven't witnessed in over five years. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about Carrion Johnson being the first running back for the Lions to gain 100 yards in a game since Thanksgiving of 2013. No, I'm talking about a bigger sporting event. Tiger Woods winning a PGA Tour weekend championship. He got number 80. No, not a Grand Slam, just a regular tour championship. And it was awesome to see the gallery just swarmed to him. It was almost as if we were watching the 1997 Masters all over again, where the crowd was just in awe of seeing something that, one, they never thought they would see, two, that they knew they were a part of history, and it was just beautiful to watch. And that is what I loved the most about the whole thing. When he was walking toward the 18th green, the crowds were just in in awe. They were swarming to him, wanting to just get a touch of him, and then just cheering him on. Congratulations, Tiger. I'm glad you got number 80. Hopefully this translates seven months from now when you go for the green jacket at Augusta. Dateline Major League Baseball. Let's get the congratulations out the way. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves for clinching the National League East. Congratulations to the New York Yankees for clinching one of the AL wildcard spots. Congratulations to the A's for clinching the other AL wildcard spot. Congratulations to the Cubs and the Brewers for clinching playoff spots in the National League. Now, where will they be? We'll find out this weekend when it all unfolds. Dateline NHL. So with the season coming upon us, The NBA, of course, is about to start in about a few weeks from now. The NHL is about to start their regular season next week. And to somewhat commemorate and celebrate their coming out party for the year, USA Today was gracious enough to write 10 people that you should look out for and can change a team's fortune in the NHL. I'm going to focus on only three. Now, I'm going to start in Dallas, where it's not a player I'm focusing on, it's a coach, Jim Montgomery. His role is he needs to get his team more aggressively 
focused. And they merely, they narrowly missed the Stanley Cup playoffs by three games last year. And so I think what he wants to have is a little more urgency on offense with a little more aggression on defense, which strikes to me of more physicality altogether. For those who don't follow hockey but do football, I'll put it to you in this vernacular. Say you have a team that is stacked on defense, but the offense is horrible, or at least the quarterback is not all that great, but you have a decent offensive line, you have a running back that can help you chew up clock, and you may have a wide receiver or two that can catch a key pass and move the chains or a tight end. So you want to control the clock, rest your defense, and give your defense a chance to aggressively take out the opposing offense. And normally an attitude is assigned to the team as a whole when you have that focus on puck control in this case or ball control and defensive aggression well that's what montgomery wants to bring to the stars he wants to bring more of a physical nature to his team because that's a real polite way of saying the team was soft the penguins needed to have more toughness say hello to jack johnson and they needed a defenseman who could set that tone they needed the goon that could i guess you could say allow Sidney crosby to tap into his inner goon and when you have that type of energy it's great for the fans that that love you and it's horrible for every other franchise <laughs> that goes against you but that chippiness is what brought the stanley cup back to pittsburgh in 2017 they need to have that type of physicality that type of oomph, that type of nastiness and that is what jack johnson is supposed to bring to the penguins now the opposite is somewhat true with my last person i'm going to talk about the predators kyle Turris. now the predators have it all they have a goaltender they have decent defense they fly up and down the ice on offense and they have many scores and they have the defensive presence what they don't have is that one guy that they could just look to and say all right big fella we need this goal we need this big key goal in this moment can you bring us home every team needs to have that reliable score and doesn't necessarily have to be the star player no it doesn't have to be the star player it just needs to be a player who is focused on putting that team on his shoulders and even when the defense is directed towards you can still put the puck in the net he can still score that is what the predators missed really in the 2017 run of the stanley cup because you had each guy take their turn to be the guy they they certainly missed the 2018 when they had home ice throughout the whole stanley cup playoffs but they got bounced by the jets losing every single home game that they had in that series because they didn't have that one guy where they could say okay you're the guy you're the one Dateline Glendale. The president of the Cardinals. No, not St. Louis, Arizona. Michael Bidwell vocally voiced his support of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Now, why would the president of an NFL team vocalize his support of a political or I should say a judicial or legal figure? Well, it could be because Bidwell was a classmate of Kavanaugh when they were in Georgetown Prep back in suburban D.C. About the character of the Supreme Court justice nominee, Bidwell had this to say. Quote, In the extensive amount of time we collectively spent with Brett, we do not recall having ever met someone named Julie Swetnick, nor did we ever observe Brett engaging in any conduct resembling that described in Miss Swetnick's declaration. Close quote. Bidwell also went on to say that the allegations against Kavanaugh were, quote, 
reprehensible. Close quote. And he vouched for the quote honor, integrity, and compassion. Close quote of Justice Dominique Kavanaugh. Well, more on that situation, of course, as time develops. But it's interesting that you have an NFL executive talking about this. But I can understand it hits close to home. Dateline Portland. Nike and Colin Kaepernick. Man, they are a match made in heaven, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that match made in heaven was almost severed. Nike looked at the partnership they had with the NFL and their contractual obligation to, to Kaepernick and thought, hmm, probably for the best interest of the company, we probably should cut ties with Kaepernick. However, as we all know, Nike reversed course in that thought process, embraced Kaepernick, put him on the Just Do It 30th anniversary campaign, and now they have earned record numbers on Wall Street. About the whole thing, the chief executive of Nike, Mark Parker, had this to say about it. Quote, We feel actually very good and are very proud of the work we've been doing. We know it's resonated actually quite strongly with consumers. Close quote. Of course, he's talking about the decision to make Kaepernick their spokesperson for not just the Just Do It campaign, but the face of Nike as we know it today. Well, it's reflected in the numbers and they couldn't be more right and they couldn't be happier with the returns. Dateline Los Angeles. Well, I mean, it's wonderful that we have NBA action around the corner already. Weren't we just talking about the Warriors sweeping the Cavaliers off of Quicken Loans uh, Arena's floor? Ah, yeah, that was three months ago. I, I digress. Well, the leader of that team is now the leader of the Lakers. LeBron James held court, and the reporters noticed hearing Eminem playing in the background. And it was in honor of White Boy Wednesday. LeBron had this to say about the thing. Quote. It's a universal thing, right? It's just like Taco Tuesdays. It's a thing. You guys look at me crazy when I said it's like, oh, white boy Wednesdays. Close quote. The joke writes itself. But I'll say it right now. Son, it ain't white boy Wednesdays. It's white boys every day. Come on, son. White Boy Wednesday. Dateline Los Angeles. Again. The LA Rams are 4-0 to begin the 2018 season. With a 38-31 victory over the Minnesota Vikings, the Rams have put themselves squarely in the crosshairs of just about everybody in the NFL. Well, and why shouldn't they be in the crosshairs of everybody? When you have your quarterback, Goff, go off. 26 of 33, 465 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. That is, I guess you could say, one of the best performances a quarterback has ever had in the history of the game. And that's not hyperbole. Look it up because you have very few who've thrown for more in a game than 465. Now, not to be outdone, Cut Cousins threw for 34, 48, 400 yards, three touchdowns with no picks of his own. But What separated the Vikings from the Rams and not just the L versus W is the fact that you had Aaron Donald getting two sacks on Cousins. 
And the Vikings defense not really laying too much of a finger on golf. They did get a sack, but they gave up 565 yards to them. Goff looks like he knows what he's doing in that offense now that it's in his now that he is in his third year. And the Vikings need to find their running game. You cannot have any quarterback. But definitely this one in Cousins, who's a statue in the pocket, throw the ball almost 50 times in the game and expect a win. Yes, your offense put up 31 points. Yes, that is quite impressive. Yes, that's a great performance by Kirk Cousins. But no, is it a winning one? You have a defense who operates on energy. And I have not seen a defense that's been created in the history of the sport. I have not met a defense that can be on the field 30, 35, 40 minutes every game and be a championship defense give them the time to rest so they can do what they do best and that's get after the quarterback or get takeaways or get ints and get them off the field so that they can hurry up and get your offense on it the vikings have a way to go the rams the only issue that they may have is injuries and hopefully they can stay healthy and they can make a real good push towards scaring all of the nfc Later, we're going to touch on the Dolt of the Week. We're going to focus on Jalen Ramsey and upon further review. But immediately following the break, I just got to do it. I got to go going to do with the nfl i'm not talking about cte i'm not talking about the mislabeled national anthem protest i'm talking about a problem that they have created all their own now the nfl has been overly protective of quarterbacks and they've even gone so far as to double down to the i guess you could say dismay of many defenders and even some quarterbacks I believe it's time to go October 15th, 2017. Green Bay Packers are in U.S. Bank Stadium. They're playing the Vikings. And this is for first place in the NFC North. So in the first quarter, you have Rodgers, who do, does this routinely, rolls to the right, scrambles out of out of pressure and, and out of a pursuit. He throws the ball downfield, and after he throws it, a Viking defender hits him and buries his right shoulder onto the turf slash concrete. 
That was the first time we'd known of the name Anthony Barr. And unfortunately, that ended Mr. Rogers' season. Say hello to the new rule to protect quarterbacks. Now, we had the Tom Brady rule back in 2009 be instituted because of a hit by a journeyman safety, then of the Chiefs, but later on to be with the Texans and the Ravens. And for those who don't know, first game of the 2008 season, Brady is in the pocket, back to pass, he throws, and as soon as he throws, a defender lunges and gets to Brady, but hits his knee, and the knee buckled, and of course, Brady was out for that year, and came Matt Castle to an 11-5 record. And the onward debate of... Brady is not that good as the system. Uh, of course, my response is, where's Matt Castle now? I digress. A rule was instituted the following year in saying that if you did hit quarterbacks below the knee, you would you would draw a personal foul penalty. Well, now, because of Barr's hit on Rodgers last year, the NFL is doing the same thing. In this instance, it's saying that a defender can't drive a quarterback to the ground because if so, that draws a personal foul roughing the passer penalty. At the crosshairs of this has been, ironically, Packers linebacker Clay Matthews. So in a game to decide an important divisional matchup between themselves and the Vikings, how appropriate, but this time in Lambeau, Matthews gets to Cousins, wraps him up, and puts him down. Wasn't harmful, wasn't injurious, it was a regular, regular sack tackle, really. But the yellow hanky came out anyway. And that prolonged the drive for the Vikings to go down the field, tie up the game, and it ended in a 29-29 tie. Fast forward seven days. Alex Smith was pressured. He was sacked by number 52 once again. And once again, the yellow hanky flies. And a personal foul roughing the passer penalty. Same thing. Matthews wrapped his hand, wrapped his arms around the quarterback. Drove him to the ground, but not in an injurious manner, in like an attackler position, but he drew a penalty again. Two legit sacks, two rougher to pass penalties in two consecutive weeks. Matthews has this to say about the league, uh, other than saying it's soft because of it. Quote, when you're tackling a guy from the front, you're going to land on him. I understand the spirit of the rule. When you have a hit like that, that's a football play. I even went up to Alex Smith after the game and asked him, what do you think? What what can I do differently? That's a football play. I hit him from the front, got my head across, wrapped up. I've never heard of anybody tackling somebody without any hands. When he gives himself up, as soon as you hit him, your body weight is going to be on him. Close quote. Well, besides the rudimentary lesson on physics, Matthews has a point. Now, I've played on teams. I've been in football practices as a player. Coaches teach that type of tackling technique, and it's against anybody. Running back, tight end, wide receiver, quarterback. They say head up, body toward the body toward the center mass that you're about to hit or tackle, wrap your arms around the subject, and then bring him down. And I was years before now and that's what i was taught when i had my chance to be on the defensive line now my primary position was right guard so i played offense most of the time but i saw that is how coaches teach defensive players how to tackle matthews was doing what he has been taught he's around 30 now he's doing what he's been taught probably ever since birth because his father was in the league and his uncle too to boot and his father was a linebacker like he is so if you're 
trying to police something that has been taught and is still being taught by coaches ever since Pop Warner. What makes you think that you're not going to get uproar and not just from defenders, but from fans <laughs> and even quarterbacks? And you have others who have sounded off about this. Uh, take, for instance, Richard Sherman, the cornerback for the 49ers. He said, quote, they don't care about the rest of us getting hurt, long as the QB is safe. Close quote. Dolphins defensive tackle, Hakeem Spears, had this to say as well. Quote, let's keep it honest. That rule is a tough rule to gauge. Close quote. And you even have quarterbacks such as, well, Hall of Famer Troy Aikman saying, quote, I don't like the rule. Close quote. And the reason that he didn't like the rule, doesn't like the rule, is because of the lack of the consistency of the penalty being called. Now, here's where the, di here's where the issue comes into play for real. So you have the CTE issue that the owners are cognizant and well aware of now with players. They don't want to have anybody hurt in the head because, well, they've been scratching checks for decades, <laughs> paying lawsuit settlements to former players saying that their way of life has been adversely affected by head trauma. We were all wondering how this was going to affect play as a whole, but we were thinking that it was going to affect play as a whole with other positions. I think all of us as fans, all of us as analysts, all of us as journalists, and all of us as players forgot about what I now call the Aaron Rodgers rule. We forgot that, well, one of the big time money players who well now is the highest and richest paid player in the league's history. We totally forgot that this guy lost his wing, tried to come back, but he wasn't the same and was effectively out for the rest of the year because of a hit that quite frankly is... <laughs> Part of football. I mean, think back to the 2000 Ravens. One of the signature moves, and I call it signature, and I laugh at it when I say it that way. One of the signature moves of that team was Tony Siragusa, the nose tackle of that team. Once a quarterback would release the pass, he would wrap up on the quarterback and lay that 350-pound frame on top of him. But the refs never threw a flag on this guy, and he knocked out quarterbacks doing that. So... It, this is part of football. Unfortunately, you're dealing with a violent sport and part of the appeal. And I'll say this as being a football enthusiast. Part of the appeal is the violence that it creates. It's legalized violence that you could see. I mean, heck, we can't see lion eating a human. So we got to see something such as that. So it's either this or real ridiculous UFC fights. <laughs> you know, so you got to have that type of Understanding that this is a collision sport. This is a collision business. And unfortunately, you're not having robots colliding with robots. You're having humans colliding with other humans. And you're bound to have something happen and go wrong. It's just a part of the sport. It's unfortunate. But it's just a part of the sport. It's the lay of the land. Of course, what does this all come down to? It all comes down to the money. Of course. I mean, <laughs> ratings dropped and people said, well, it's because of the, quote, national anthem protest, close quote, stance. No. Viewing habits are one. The fact that you had 
the year before, Tom Brady missed four games and then come back and win the Super Bowl. And the fact that you've had Peyton Manning be gone for the first year because of retirement and the league and the people are feeling that, that's 2016. Last year, you had Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the big time money makers of the sport, go down and miss more than half of the season. So people flock to teams outside of their own rooting interest because of their quarterback because of the quarterbacks of their other franchises this is the nfl equivalent to propping up a star player on a team the nfl they prop up more often than not quarterbacks of course if you're outstanding you'll get propped up no matter where you play but first and foremost it's quarterbacks if you want to play the nfl and you want to draw the most money, the position you have to play to do that is quarterback. And so when you have that much investment in that position and you have billionaires who don't want to lose money and they want to do everything possible to make sure that they earn their money, they're going to do whatever it takes to protect their investments. So more than the, we want to protect the integrity of the sport and we want to protect the individuals who play the sport. It's really, we want to protect our investment because we don't want to lose in the ratings war. We don't want to lose in our pockets. We want the casual fan to still keep coming because they won't come if Brent Hundley is playing quarterback. They'll come when Aaron Rodgers is. They won't come when when Brett Hoyer plays. They'll come when Tom Brady does. And God bless him, I love the guy. They won't come when Teddy Bridgewater plays, but they will when Drew Brees does. So we got to protect our investment at all costs. And there's why you have more hankies being thrown. And that's why you have the Tom Brady rule that was instituted in 2009. And nine years later, you have the Aaron Rodgers rule where you can't hit a quarterback below the knees and you can't drive a quarterback to the ground in any way, shape, form or fashion, respectively. Investments had to be protected and this is how they're protecting their investment. And it could be to the detriment of how we we view the game and how players play it. And this is why the NFL Players Association, this is another reason why they are the weakest labor union in all of professional sports in the entire world. Because they can allow this to happen and it messes up the flow of the game. The NFL isn't getting soft. They're actually getting hard because they're protecting their interests. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. When I come back, we're going to award the adult of the week. You're tuned in to Cole's Ball. From the vault, I look back at a key moment in sports history. September 29th, 1988. The woman sprinter called Flojo or Florence Griffith Joyner breaks into the record books in style. 
the flashy sprinter who came almost from out of nowhere in the trials and just swept the 100 and 200 meters there went over to the olympics and did the same thing going for the gold in the 200 meter race Florence griffith joiner put forth a performance of a lifetime the late great charlie jones take it away It's a good start. Florence Griffith Joyner already closing the stagger on Grace Jackson. That is her first goal. And here she comes. She'll pick it up as she turns down the straight. She's going after another record. Gwen Torrance is running fairly well outside. But this race belongs to Florence Griffith Joyner. 21-33. Unfortunately, due to sleep complications, Flojo died in 1998 at the age of 38. Flojo. One of the most stylistic athletes to ever come across our landscape. A legend on the track, a legend in our hearts. From the Vault, brought to you by Goldsports. Wasting time, bring it on, Dolt of the Week! Dolt of the Week, it is sponsored by nobody, but we're still going to give it to you straight with no chaser. The winner of this episode's Dolt of the Week is... Minnesota Timberwolves forward Jimmy Butler. Now, why is my fellow hometown guy on this list? It's because I am noticing diva-like behavior with this fella. So last week, he goes to talk to Tom Thibodeau. He says he has to have an emergency meeting with him. So Thibodeau, the head coach of the Timberwolves, goes to Butler They talk, they hash things out, or so we thought. But at the meeting, Butler said that he wants a trade. He wants out of Minnesota. He wants out of Minneapolis. (laughs) Oh, my. I I find it funny. I, I really do, because this was the same guy who at this time last year was giving out his phone number, saying that, hey, I'm accessible to all of you. Here it is. Get at me, because I'm going to bring a championship to the Twin Cities. Man, how 12 months changes the tune of a cat. Come on now. Really? Really? The tune changes that quick. It almost sounds as if you had the similar type of sire grace that you had in 2017 before you left the team that drafted you in the Bulls because you were not liking the effort of the players there. You were thinking that they were mailing it in there. You were thinking that they just simply didn't have the dog or the fight in them there. So you go to another team and you say the same thing because you dog out Wiggins and then you dog out Carl Anthony Towns, who now is set. And then on. 
We interrupt this regularly scheduled programming for this special report. This is into the Cold Sports News Desk. Eric Reed has a job, y'all. Wow. The former pro bowler and safety extraordinaire of formerly the 49ers now has a contract with the Panthers. A one-year contract, a little bit over a million dollars. Of course, Reed was excited about it. Colin Kaepernick also was excited. And in his tweet, or I should say in his Instagram post, you will see why this is important. Because he wrote, quote, Congratulations to my brother at E underscore Reed 35 and all pro safety who should have been signed the first day of free agency, who has signed a football contract. He was the first person to kneel alongside me. Eric is a social justice warrior, continues to support his wife, his two beautiful daughters, and communities in need. Close quote. Now, it is worth celebrating, however, Because of the fact that Reed developed a conscience and he wanted to practice said conscience, he went from earning over $5 million to now earning just one. So while we celebrate the fact that a talented football player gets on a team, lament the fact that this guy, in choosing to stand, lost $4 million in the process of doing so. However, I'm happy that Eric Reed is on a football team. He deserves to play because he is that good. And it wasn't a stance that made him popular. It was his play that did. So, Eric, Cold Sports is with you. Thank you, my friend. May you provide such a presence on the Panthers because they got a good one. This has been a special report from Cold Sports. Now, back to the regularly scheduled programming already in progress. And then you have to go Tupac on him. It's either him or me. I mean, come on, man. Really? Really? So you wanted to be salty with the Timberwolves because you wanted a Supermax deal and you wanted Carl Anthony Towns out because you were salty about how he was in April performing in the in the first round of the NBA playoffs against the Rockets? You saw that he didn't have the dog in him? <laughs> and, and so <laughs> you, you said, okay, give me a Supermax, or if you give that guy a Supermax, I'm gone. Are you going to be that salty, Butler? Come on, man. Stop being salty. You have a career in front of you. You're in your prime, man. And you're ruining your checks. You're ruining your checks by having this ridiculous stance. If you're going to be a leader, be a leader and lead. Don't be a leader and just spewing hot garbage out your mouth. You know, like how you did a few months back on Instagram and saying, quote, well, Close quote. In responding to a Gabrielle Union pick and getting D-Wade on your case, who you're supposed to be boys with, and you play spades with him. And then you say you want to be traded to the heat. Man, you all about the drama, man. Save the drama for your mama. You want to be with the heat. Man, get out of here. Man, you just whack. You're whack. And, and I don't get the, I don't get the reason why these teams are wanting you. Because you're trouble. You're cancerous. Cause you're pulling nothing but bull. Cole Sports is having technical difficulties. Please stand by.
The host has lost his cool in this segment. Please stand by. The host thinks Jimmy Butler is out of his mind. Please stand by. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. wrong with you cool it now <sighs> these NBA players are truly divas man and Butler is at the head of the class when I come back I have a curious case for you Jalen Ramsey Goes under the Upon Further Review microscope next. to Patreon October 1st. up on the next edition and installment of cold sports week six man it just flies by of the college football landscape will be upon us week five of the nfl will be upon us as well we'll talk a little bit about week four a little more week four we're also going to dive into the playoffs of major league baseball who has gone on to the nlds and ALDS? We'll see, and we'll see who else comes up in the sports landscape and conversation. Of course, we're going to award the Dota of the Week. Of course, we're going to have a Upon Further View segment, and we're going to have more fun and hilarity. <laughs> Just join us. That's for next week. For this week, shout out to my VIP, Scott Doucette. He put forth to me a comment and an article of a football player who was popping off the mouth. He's a Boston Bruins fan from Canada. Go figure. Anyway, I digress. He said, this is this is football players talking all this garbage about if he had six months of training, he'd be an NHL player. And then when he showed me the name, he will tell you himself, all I did was laugh. I'm like, <laughs> him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is him. This is par for the course for him. <laughs> and for those who are in the uninitiated uh, category, like my friend Scott, like my VIP Scott, this is particularly for you and especially for those like you. Jen and Ramsey, come on down. We're going to put you in upon the further review. Where's number 20? He's a cornerback, and he plays on the defending AFC South champion Jacksonville Jaguars. His name is Jalen Ramsey, and he got into NFL popularity by battling with now retired wide receiver and, I believe, future Hall of Famer Steve Smith Sr. Before then, he was the cornerback 
the main cornerback for Florida State. And for those who follow sports, the lineage is as follows. The guy that he wanted to usurp, or at least surpass, or at least equal, is a guy who wore number two there. He wore number 21 in the NFL, for the most part. He wanted to be prime time. Or not wanted to be, but wanted to be like Deion Sanders. Make that impact on cornerback, have that swagger, and back that swagger up with stellar play. And while he's not quite there yet, he's getting there. Now, he's a product of Smyrna, Tennessee. That's a suburb of of Nashville. And so he's popular around the circles in which I reside. So he goes on to the NFL. He draws the ire of Smith, who (laughs) basically gave him a, I'm going to learn you type of talk to Ramsey and Ramsey was just bold and said, okay. And his mindset was, you're just another receiver that I, that I guard. You're nothing special. That's, that's, that was his mantra then. That is his mantra now in his third year in the NFL. And this is the same guy who last year in a pep rally at Everbank Stadium before going to Fosborough to eventually lose to the Patriots 24 20 after having a 20 to 10 lead in the fourth quarter. He said in the pep rally, quote, we're going to the Super Bowl. Duval! Close quote. Yes, he said that too. Well, Duval as in Jacksonville is all of Duval County. And they don't really say Jacksonville. They chant Duval as in regional pride. So you would think that would humble him, right? No. Before training camp even begins... He pops off a list of different quarterbacks and some wide receivers who he thought was whack and who he thought were good. Two of those he thought were MVP candidates were Carson Wentz of the Eagles and Deshaun Watson of the Texans. Ones who he thought were garbage, Giants Eli Manning, who (laughs) rarely ever comments on anything. But when asked about what Jalen Ramsey said about him and his talent, or in Ramsey's case, like thereof, Manning said, quote, who's he? Close quote. Well, you know, Manning knew who he was because he had the prep for the guy in their contest earlier this month, where they took it on the chin to the Jaguars 20 to 15. But Odell Beckham Jr., the wide receiver of the Giants, had a really good game against Ramsey, or at least had a good game overall. Caught over, uh, caught passes for over 100 yards in that game. So he talked mad noise there. Then before the matchup with the Patriots, he said that Gronk was not really anything to fear. He wasn't anything special and went over to punctuate that by saying, quote, I don't fear no man. Close quote. Now, they went on to beat the Patriots 31 to 20 in that matchup. But even with that type of trash talking that he put forth, it paled in comparison to what my VIP friend brought forth to me, where he felt the itch to prove his, I guess you could say, athletic diversity. That in an interview with ESPN, the magazine, he said that all you need to do is give him six months and he could be on an NHL roster now. You know that that went over like a lead balloon with many of the NHL players. Senator Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabres, he had this to say about the comments. Quote, I think it's insulting to our league. I think it's ridiculous. He would say that. It's ignorant. Close quote. 
Now, you have some who'd warm up to the idea. Uh, take, for instance, the winger of the New York Rangers, Chris Kreider. Now, he wouldn't dismiss the idea, but he also said, quote, it would take a lot longer than six months. Close quote. And in Kreider's right, because learning how to skate, just learn how to skate, period, as a skill, let alone learning how to skate with velocity and, and speed. Now, the Colorado Avalanche Center, Nathan McKinnon, he, he I guess, had a, a slightly more positive feel about it all. He said, quote, if it happened in hockey, it would make the sport a little more popular, too. And we take it. It's good for the NFL for someone to go out and talk like that. It brings a lot of attention. Close quote. (laughs) Uh, But what those hockey players don't understand is that guy looks like he's serious for one and two. Running his mouth like that is par for the course. (laughs) And he will talk trash to and about anybody. Did I say he will talk trash to and about anybody? Asked about his philosophy on playing football. His answer was... Quote, to respect the game, you have to play it fierce. I don't believe in having friends on the field. I mean, my brother, my dad, my mom, grandma was out there like it's on. After the game, we can be cool. Doesn't matter. That's how I feel. <laughs> like you've got to respect the game of football. Football is not a game meant to be played being nice to each other and all that. Like kumbaya. After the game's over, that's cool. Close quote. Making sure that this is what he meant, the reporter asked if he would actually treat his grandmother that way. He retorted by saying, quote, no, definitely would. She knows that. My grandma knows that. I love you, but she knows that. She might not get up from one of my licks. Close quote. So as you can see, VIP, Ramsey just talks trash it doesn't matter who where or what and if you think that he was just just talking well he's trying to walk it like he talks it uninterrupted actually got in on the on the fun and they posted a tweet that said quote i wanted to come in and get some gear so i could start training do y'all have hockey gear at jalen ramsey hey at pk subon one he's been taking notes get ready Twinnyland is uninterrupted. Close quote. 20 is the number that Jalen Ramsey wears. That's where Twinnyland gets their reference. And yes, for those who don't know the, the name of the other at mention, PK Subban, he plays for the Predators. Subban sent him a video of taking notes and he was showing Ramsey really drills as to how players try to get their coordination up on the on the ice and it was some fierce drills that he was running full run on ice in skates he wasn't doing a walkthrough this was it was some riveting stuff just to see how Subban was moving a big guy like that and he was moving as if he was running on ice I mean it was just it was beautiful to watch but it, it makes you respect hockey players more seeing a guy do that well Ramsey said he respects the guys who do it and part of that respect is he wants to try it out himself so if that is where he wants to go not necessarily to probably play a full season but he just wants to try it out well let him but I get the slight I mean it's it's not as if you can just go on the ice and and 
do business, even if it was in a peewee league, let alone high school, college, or minor league hockey, and definitely let alone NHL. I I fully get that. I, I mean, I marvel seeing guys who are between 200, 300 pounds who can on ice move up and down with no issues or problems. And I hope that what Ramsey is coming from that place of respect and saying, man, I respect the sport so much that I want to try to see if I can hang with you guys. And if I can't, so be it. If I can, I'll get my swag on, you know, and, and I think that's where it's coming from. And you have to understand this, this guy is in his mid twenties. Now he talks a big game. He has, he actually has a good game. He's one of the elite corners of the game today, and he knows how to play the sport. Now, does he know how to be efficient in hockey? That is a horse of a different color, but I guess we're going to find out soon because it looks like he's being serious and getting the gear. But McKinnon's right, though. This is bringing more attention to the sport. I wanted to bring the right attention to the sport, though. I don't want it to be a circus like, say, when Conor McGregor decided to become a prize fighter. That was a circus last year. I don't want that to be the case here. I wanted to be an earnest, legitimate attempt to see if he can hang with some of the greatest athletes in the world. Because I'm going to be completely honest with you. The sport that takes the greatest skill to play is hockey. Just is. Imagine doing what you see in lacrosse on ice. Imagine seeing what they do in soccer on ice. That's what these hockey players do. And you have to get the type of hits that you normally receive in football. See, I hope that Ramsey comes with that respect of the sport in attempting to be an NHL player. But if he doesn't, (laughs) he's going to be (laughs) he's going to be comedic fodder for somebody. And I'm going to wince when I see it. Mm. But I hope it's serious, because if so, it will be a win for the NFL and a win for the NHL. And both sports need all the positive media attention it can get both sports if you happen to like this episode or any episode that you have heard thus far the subscribe button is like a neon sign flashing click on it and subscribe on android on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts or on ColdSports.com to ColdSports. And if you need to reach this gentleman here that is on the microphone, all you have to do is contact me on Instagram at ColdSports with a Z, on Twitter at Cole underscore Sports with a Z, on Facebook at ColdSports with a Z, and on email at info, that's I-N-F-O, at ColdSports with a Z dot com. It's just that simple. And three things I really ask of you to do. Just three. Three. Love your neighbor as yourself. And love yourself the way God wants to love you. Tell a friend to tell a friend and pass it on to pass it on to pass it on. That this program exists and that you enjoy it. And that they will enjoy it too. And enjoy the content. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I am Cole Johnson. And this is... You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.